Welcome to the Freedom Nation podcast with Jeff Kickel. On this show, Jeff shares his expertise in financial and retirement planning from a different perspective. Planning for your Freedom Day, which is the first day that you wake up and have enough income or assets and do not have to go to work that day. Learn how to calculate what you need, how to generate income sources, and listen to interviews from others who've done it themselves. Get ready to experience your own Freedom Day. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Freedom Nation podcast. And it's another of our expert shows today. We're, we're bringing on Bob Wheeler. I met Bob a few weeks ago. He was introduced through a friend and uh, we we really hit it off. And our missions are somewhat aligned with Freedom Day and, and what Bob does. So we'll uh, spend a little bit of time learning a little bit about his business and what he does. But we'll start off with his story. So, Bob, welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Jeff. Uh, happy to be here. Glad to have you on. I'm really excited. I love the fish in the background. That's a great, uh, and, and it's an actual real background and not uh, not the fake background with Those swimming are real fish. fish. Real Those actual real fish. fish. <laughs> real fish. <laughs> well, Bob, let's kick it off. And why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? How did you get to where you are today? Yeah. So, you know, I wanted to be a lawyer <laughs> Okay. from an early age. So that was my goal. I went to college with the mission of law school, constitutional mm-hmm. law took accounting as uh, uh, to help my grade, my grade point average, because I had taken it in high school, a friend had recommended it, said you'd mm-hmm. do well, and I did well. And so it was okay. an easy A. So okay. not going to be an accountant, going to be that a is, lawyer. That is not the uh, the usual thing. You, you usually don't <laughs> uh, usually don't take accounting to improve your GPA, but yeah. Right, exactly. So I'm one of those weirdos, right? And Latin. So I, I get in and I realize, you know, I meet some of these lawyers, don't really like them mm-hmm. um, all that much. And I realized at the time I wasn't that comfortable with getting up thinking I had to be in a courtroom talking and stuff. And I went, you yeah. know what? Accounting has been good to me. It's easy. I know you're supposed to work hard and it's got to be painful, but I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to go down this route of accounting. Uh, feels pretty, pretty solid. It seems and, natural to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it seems natural. So I got into accounting uh, at the same time. I always uh, was, you know, the class clown, joked around. So I was into comedy, mm-hmm. uh, but I realized doing accounting, I probably wasn't going to get discovered doing comedy in the back room with a calculator. So started getting out doing comedy. You know, there, there's the expression: if you want to look skinny, hang out with a bunch of fat people. So I mean, if you want to, <laughs> if you want to be really funny, hang out with a bunch of accountants. Is what I'm thinking. Exactly, and and they won't get any of your jokes. Uh, <laughs> And so what happened was I started doing comedy and people knew that I was an accountant. So help me with your mm-hmm. taxes. And I was like, no, 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 I'm just, I'm doing comedy. <laughs> what, and what, and what happened was I was at the comedy store. I was, I was running a show there doing comedy. The owner called me up, Mitzi Shore and said, you got to help us out. We're in trouble. We haven't paid our taxes. <laughs> and they had a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt. IRS was ready to close their doors. Oof. I got, and I was like, well, I got to help the store. My friends are all comics. Eventually, I just want to be a comic, yeah. but I've got this CPA license. <laughs> we'll use it. And so I started working with the comedy store. They didn't have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I had my own business practice. I realized I needed to make sure it was super successful so that I could help the comedy store. Yeah. Uh, p- ended up picking up a lot of entertainment clients because <laughs> my friends were performers, directors, and all that stuff. And mm-hmm. so I got really into this niche of entrepreneurs, especially in entertainment. 
and it seems like a lot of spouses are married to therapists. So I got a lot of therapy clients <laughs> as well. I know, I'm sure there's some uh, relationship there's something, there. something I'm not sure so, what the, the mix is, but yeah. Something going on. And so, you know, between the comedy store, working with Mitzi, I've mm-hmm. been the CFO, COO, uh, 25 years now. Uh, I've had a tax practice. I brought in a business partner about five years ago because I realized I couldn't do what I was doing with the tax practice. Then I started this other company, The Money Nerve, and the Mm -hmm. podcast because I really wanted to – what I discovered along the way was whether my tax clients, whether my entertainment clients, whether it was the comedy store, people and emotions around money was was the major factor. If people were emotionally sabotaging or didn't think they were capable or whatever it might be, if I didn't understand their story – and if I couldn't normalize these conversations, like people checked out pretty quick. And at the same time that I was helping other people, I wasn't taking care of my own finances. I wasn't walking the talk, right? Because I'm the exception to the rule. Yeah. And uh, as we all are. Yeah. And, Physician and so heal happened? thyself. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I could tell you what to do. Yep. I knew what to do, right? Yeah, don't eat the cookies, but yeah, I eat but, the cookies. But yeah, I'll eat the cookies. Yeah, I, as you're chewing on a cookie, don't eat the cookies. <laughs> don't eat those cookies. And and so basically, you know, I had to get uh, an integrity and an alignment with what I was mm. telling other people. I needed to be walking the talk, and I had to yeah. do a deep dive into my own mental mindset around money and deserving and self-worth and all these things. And, and it really, as I was going through my process – And really starting to understand what was going on for my clients because Mm -hmm. it had nothing to do with two plus two is four. It's how they felt about it. Yeah. Right. And their belief system around it. And, and so that became my mission is how do we normalize these conversations? So many of us take ourselves out before we even get to the start, we get to that starting line and we've already said, I'm going to lose. I, there's people faster. I shouldn't even bother. Yeah. Nobody in my family's ever been good with money, so I can't be good with money. And yeah. And there it is. And so what I've come to realize is, and I did not get this guidance uh, when I was younger. Mm -hmm. Do it scared. Do it with your voice shaking. Just show up. Because most of the time, if you show up and stick it out, everybody else is going to drop out anyway. And you just win by pure perseverance. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. It's the same thing I've told people about business all along. You know, people will ask, well, you know, what's your what's your secret to success in business? And I was like, I just outlasted everybody else that uh, that went into business when I did. So- <laughs> that, exactly. And you you have to love what you do. Yeah. Like, I think I love what I do. I love working with numbers. I love helping people. I've written a couple of books. I just mm-hmm. wrote my first in a series of children's financial literacy books because I want kids to learn to be able to say no, to change Mm -hmm. their mind. When I was a kid, whatever decision I made, I had to live with it. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to make a decision. And it wasn't that my parents were bad or wrong. They didn't know better. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't get those fundamentals that some people got. And actually, I think a lot of us didn't get them. Well, I think, you know, the problem is you're assuming your parents were, you know, geniuses with money too. And, you know, I know my parents weren't. And I mean, they, they're the first to admit it. Uh, Nothing wrong with that because they were never taught. I mean, we, we just don't have a good financial education in this, you know, in this world, basically, Um, you know, or we have a, we have an education system that was based on, 
the industrialized world, which was, we don't really want you to be smart with money. We want you to get up and go to work every day and keep the rich people rich. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And I, and I think for me, once I started to realize it was about mindset mm -hmm. and that it was about, um, how do I view things? Am I setting up goals? Am I sticking to what I say that I want? So, you know, I know we talk, you, you talk about this too. You got to know what the truth is. So yeah. I talk about honest budgeting, right? What's, mm -hmm. What are you really spending? If you've got yeah. an addiction, I'm not judging it. I just need to factor it into my life. I just need line. to know it. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> I, just I need you know, to know I, it. I think that was the biggest thing, Bob, that, that it was my revelation when I really started to go down the road of Freedom Day was mm -hmm. it was the one disservice that I did to my client. Well, it was disservice and, and I think just clients in general, you know, you would ask, okay, well, what's, you know, what's your monthly budget? Oh, I spent about $4,000. And, you know, well, you make 150,000 a year, you spend 48,000, yet you can only come up with like a hundred or $200 to spend on savings per month. Where, right. what's, where's the disconnect here? Yeah. You've got to be spending that money someplace. And, you know, I think the one financial planning software that I, I use and still use to this day, it has two different ways of factoring your cash flow. One way is, it it does what's called cash flow, which is it assumes you save everything that you don't tell it what it's spending. The other way is called modified, which is it assumes that you're spending all that and showing them the difference of, okay, you told me you only spend four thousand a month. You're saving a hundred dollars. Okay, let's look at the plan. You know, explodes on them. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. People want to if I make a thousand dollars, but hmm. my net check is 800. Yeah. I'm saying I make a thousand. No, sure. you make 800. No, make 800. Right? And yeah. so, and then <laughs> if I spend $11 on something, I say it costs me 10. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we're, we're rounding down expenses and rounding up the income. You're going to, it's not going to work out. Yeah. A age not. and money are the only two things we round down on unless we're below age yeah. 18. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, I find when we start to get a little more honest and a little more conscious mm -hmm. and, and it's so easy. I was, a, I was a friend, we were doing a podcast and he came in with a, you know, with, with a premium coffee mm -hmm. um, from one of those companies I won't name. And I said, okay, well, you just spent like five, six bucks. No, I mm -hmm. didn't. It's like two fifty. I said, give me the receipt. Oh my goodness. It was four ninety five. I thought it was two fifty. When did it go up? Right. It's so automatic. Yeah. And I think with the use of debit cards and Venmo, and mm -hmm. we're not actually feeling the money. <clears throat> Transferring no, a million dollars in $5 feels exactly the same. Well, you know, but I, I, I say that, and then we, we in the industry have said that for years. Oh, you're spending $4 on a cup of coffee. I'm not worried about the $4 cup of coffee. I'm worried about the $180 right. cell phone bill that you're spending right. or the, you know, the... Oh, I cut the cable cord, so I'm not spending $125 a month, but now I have 75, you know, $4 channels that I'm being $4 to death on, and I don't watch half of them at that point. So Yeah, and <laughs> and the the good and bad about automation, right? When we pay the bills, yep. it's great if we're saving. Automation's oh, yeah. great saving. But if we're, you know, I decided and I do this uh every so often, I look at my cable bill, I look at mm -hmm. my um my phone bill. I look sure. at my credit cards and I was paying for a free iPad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so $50 a month for a free <laughs> iPad uh, and another phone line. And apparently I was paying for something to tune up my car to tell me, I was like, 
I don't even have that. <laughs> so all these free things that sure. I was funding, um, and and I yeah. know better. Yeah, and and they'll four dollar you to death. That's the problem. Yeah, especially with phone apps and all that. I, I was I was reading a book the other day, and the the author of the book was talking about the Pareto principle, and he's like, you know, it, it works in everything. You know, twenty you only use twenty percent of the apps on your phone. Eighty percent of them don't do anything and half the time you've right. subscribed to other services and it's kind of hidden back in the you know google play or apple apple pay or whatever you know side of it you don't even see it and you're just like i said four dollar to death everywhere yeah absolutely absolutely at least, at oh, least yeah, you get to just... enjoy the coffee so. <laughs> right <laughs> that's true too yeah and i agree it's not about the coffee itself it's yeah. really about um you know as a as this friend of mine says unconsciously uh, comfortable in debt, right? Yeah. Unconsciously comfortable, not looking. Absolutely. Um, I don't want to. Eh, yeah, I'm not going to admit that, or yeah, yeah. I, I buy a lot of stuff on Amazon. I'll, I'll return it. Yeah, and it's still sitting on yeah. the counter, and you haven't returned it. So. Right. Exactly. So talk a little bit about your process. So when when somebody works with you, or, or I'm assuming you know they kind of absorb, or they they consume the podcast and you know your mm-hmm. your website and stuff like that. What uh, how do you walk them down a process? Well, so the first thing I do is when people come to me and usually they've heard the podcast, they've seen okay. the website, they did a workshop or uh, they've seen me talk hmm. and they'll come in and say, look, I've got some anxiety around money or I've got some money issues. Hmm. Uh, the first thing I actually do is I ask people, are you willing to be uncomfortable and are you willing to do the work? Hmm. And believe it or not, I have people sometimes say, no, I'm not really going to do the work. Yeah. And I'm like, well, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> like, we, we don't need to you. work together then. Yeah. Don't waste we, your money. We don't need to work. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, I'm not going to fix you. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to be able to do that. I can guide you. I can give you tools. I can give you feedback. I can't fix you and I can't change your mindset. So that's the first thing I do is I, yeah. I ask them, are you going to do it? And because it is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. We have to start looking at our debt and our prior choices and our self-sabotage and, all, and and then have to internalize or bring to the surface what we thought our parents thought of us, um, the, the worry we had about our friends judging us mm-hmm. or in, if the church or the temple is judging us, right? Yeah. All these things. And so what I start to do is we start to excavate. We go through and what do you remember? What do you remember mm-hmm. when you were four or five and six? I want to know like... The, the juicy bits, the things that seem insignificant, but you remember this vivid story. Really just start to figure out what was the story you were told? Mm-hmm. Because at some point you took this story on and said, that's my truth, even yeah. if it was based on fiction, right? Mm-hmm. And and now we've said, no, no, that's the truth. I was told that when I was five. Okay. Um, and so I, that's the first place because I got to figure out where we are emotionally and what stories we brought on before I can even get to the practical, before yeah. I can talk to setting goals. Once we do that, I want to explore emotions. I want to explore fears, mm-hmm. uh, fear of success, fear of the IRS, fear of getting caught, fear of being judged. Like we have so many and most people can give you a list pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the other big thing I ask people when I get started with them, I say, how are you going to self-sabotage this? <laughs> you just get it out on the table right up front. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? And here's the great thing. People will tell you, oh, I'm going to yeah. do this and I'll do this and I'll, they got to, cause we've got our strategies. Mm-hmm. And so it's really important for me to get it up front. How am I going to sabotage? Because now that I've admitted it, 
how am I going to stop it when I see it rearing its ugly head? Right. Yeah. And you, I'm I'm assuming you're trying to get them to recognize that themselves instead of you having to tell them all the time. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Because we've got to start to have that awareness. We have to name it, right? Mm. It's sort of the name it, claim it. Uh, If you don't actually take accountability, take responsibility for these (laughs) things, it's really then hard to say, like, if I don't claim the responsibility that I got myself in debt. Yeah. Um, uh, then it's, it's difficult for me to move past that. Now, a lot of people say, well, this happened and that happened. Okay. Right. We all love a victim story. It's fun. Mm -hmm. Gets us some attention, but it gets old. Yeah. And so how do I want to be empowering? How do I want to step up, step forward? Even if I'm doing it scared, even if Mm -hmm. I'm whatever those things are, uh, to just show up. And so we just go through all that stuff. And I tell people, you're going to cry. You're going to get angry. You're going to laugh all these things. It's uncomfortable, but you've got to go. Th- I, I truly believe you do have to go through the fire. You can't go around it. Mm-hmm. And, and so I really work with people to start to uncover their story. You know, I, I sort of have this belief that every story has a cost, right? Yeah. As an accountant, I'm doing a cost benefit. What's it costing you? What's it benefiting you? And we have to decide, am I willing to keep paying this cost or do I want a different story? Yeah. And then it, am I going to change the narrative? Yeah. Because and I'm how do I change my story? Yeah. You, you can change yeah. your story. You've got to be willing to do it. And, and you've got to be willing to recognize what's coming back to hurt you. Um, so somebody gets through that pro that initial process, are you mm-hmm. working with them or do you kind of bring somebody else in later to kind of work with the money side of it or. So um, typically what I've been doing is I work with people um, through I either, I, so some people, I send them through an online course and I maybe every three or four weeks, we do a little, uh, connecting touch base and I do, uh, money groups on Facebook and different places where people can find support and talk to other people and I'll, I'll facilitate those. Um, typically if somebody's wanting to like make changes around investing and actually getting to that next level, Mm -hmm. I'll give them to a financial advisor, um, you know. I'm very selective about financial advisors. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like anything, CPAs, financial advisors, car salesmen. There are some great ones and not yep. so great ones. And so I want to make sure that I'm setting up um, them, setting them up with somebody that can really take care of them mm-hmm. and that's, you know, in it in the long, on the long haul with them. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. So um, what do you see as the biggest challenges when, you know, when you get somebody that, you know, basically lies to you and says, yes, I'm willing to do the work. What do you see as the, the things that come back to bite them? Well, I think the, the biggest, I think the biggest resistance for a lot of people is the accountability. Okay. Like, I I don't really want to own that. I did that. Like Mm. it's, it's really my parents' fault. Um, (laughs) really, I had a bad teacher. Um, I didn't get the lucky break at college and, and some of those things may be true, mm-hmm. right? It, it may be that I didn't get to go to Harvard. It may be that, uh, I didn't grow up with super wealthy, you know, I didn't grow up at Buckingham palace. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be able to own it and go, yeah, this is what I got. Yeah. That's hard for a lot of people to say, oh, this is actually where I really am. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's so true. It's, it's, it's painful. Yeah. It sucks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it just, it straight up sucks. And yeah, you have to come to the reality of, well, not everybody went to Harvard and not just because you went to Harvard, are you going to be successful either? 
Uh, there's plenty of people who didn't go to college at all who are massively successful um, or didn't complete college and are massively successful. Uh, you know, I, I look at it. I, I went through college, but I didn't study any of the stuff that I ended up doing in life. Uh, all it taught me was I had a degree in psychology and a minor in English literature. So I understood how people are wired and I know how to write well. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, this will sound weird probably, but I think one of the, the biggest emotions that we have to process when we're going through all this stuff to get to yeah. the other side is grief. Yeah. I think there's a lot of grief around choices that we made or we didn't make because mm -hmm. we were afraid and we held back. And so I find um, grief comes up a lot. Yeah. Or we just make idiotic, stupid mistakes and, yeah. you know, come to the realization, oh, I wish I hadn't made that mistake. Well, you should learn from it. If you did, right. I mean, I, I want to go through life not having to learn from mistakes, but the reality is that I'm still going to make mistakes, whether I like it or not. Absolutely. Absolutely. What so is, I think, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, no go ahead. What's uh, I was just going to ask you, well, just finish your thought. Cause I was next thing was going to be what, what's new in your world. So maybe you can weave that okay. all together. Yeah, sure. I, well, you know, I think the other biggest, the other big piece is, um, being judged, right? Okay. Either by ourselves or by mm -hmm. our peers, right? Oh, now you're successful. You got to pay for all the dinners. Oh, you mm -hmm. drive a fancy car. Like I didn't want to have, this is so funny now, but for the longest time, I didn't want to have a fancy car because I didn't want to have to give more money at the valet. Because I'm like, man, when I drove my Corolla, they were happy with a buck or two. I'm in a Lexus. They want five. So I'll just forego abundance. So I don't. Yeah. So I don't have, have to spend more money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy thinking, yeah. but, uh, I'm okay now with paying the $5 and I'm even willing to pay $15 for a coffee at the airport. Yeah. Still a little yeah, traumatizing, exactly. but, um, <laughs> you know, I, I think for me, um, the newest thing though, for me is I've, I've written, a, I've written my first children's book. I'm getting ready nice. to write a second one. Um, and I'm partnering up with people from different communities so that, mm -hmm. uh, it, it, you know, it's not the white guy sharing everybody else's experience. Yeah. I'm certainly aware of my, my whiteness. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think the biggest thing is finally getting to a place where I'm okay. If I don't have money in the bank. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like having money in the bank, um, yeah. having money in the bank, being able to say no to people, um, not worrying. Yeah. They might think that, yeah, they might. Great. Mm -hmm. Have your thoughts. Not, not, none of my business. Yeah. And so I'm at a place where I'm, willing to try things, do new things, just started a, a, a clothing, um, line of clothes, clothes. Nice. I keep saying clothing line and everybody's like, like in your backyard, like, no, no, that's a close of like, the line. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just, I like to keep busy. I yeah. love what I do. Um, and you know, I think that what's great about that is, you know, you talk about your, your financial, um, freedom day, right? Yeah. Your freedom day. And I do all these things because I choose to. I could certainly mm -hmm. just go lay at a beach and do that. Yeah. I don't want to. I yep. want to have these conversations. I want to help other people. I want to be able to be that person that pays it forward when somebody paid it forward for me. I had so mm -hmm. many people helping me out that believed in me when I certainly didn't believe in myself. And so for me, I'm just, I want to keep showing up and have an impact. And so- mm -hmm. That's a great place to be knowing that I don't have to worry about how I'm going to, oh, I have to do a $5,000 car repair. I got yeah. that. 
Yep. Don't want to pay it, but no, I got it. No, I'm right there with you. Yeah, I can, <laughs> is there a cheaper way I can do this? Yes, I'm still. Um, it, it's funny. I'm you know in the same boat. It's like okay, I I really don't have to do anything I don't want to. I, I do this because I love it, and I love you know the people that I get to interact with, like yourself. That just you know they're they're just fun people to be with and, and share stories and and share expertise and. Um, you know, but I also look at it. I'm like, I still treat myself as if I don't have money. Um, cause it keeps <laughs> me hungry. Yeah. You know, it still keeps me hungry and it, it makes me be creative about it. You know, right. if I buy real estate, you know, people are like, Oh, I've got to save up all this money for a down payment. No, you don't. You don't have to. Yeah. There's, there's tons of creative ways to do it where you don't even have to have a down payment. So, you know, be creative, treat yourself as if you don't have money, but don't, Treat yourself with abundance, but treat yourself like you don't have money because it's easy when you have money to do things. It's it's harder and and I think requires more cre creativity when you don't have the money to do it. For sure. I was definitely a lot more creative when money was tighter because yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Know, I, I got it. Just pay for it. Just do it. <laughs> then I had to be like, oh, let me figure this out. Yeah, but well, I also well. think, you know, one of the things that I think, too, is there's this um, misconception that if I'm a millionaire, I have a million dollars at my fingertips every day, Yeah, right? That I can just blow through a million dollars liquid cash. That's not true at all, right? Mm. Uh, I, I can have a net worth of three or four million bucks and only have a hundred thousand, maybe only mm -hmm. 50,000 yeah. and maybe only 10,000 in the bank because my assets are not, are not liquid cash. They're sure. tied up. And so I think, you know, my dad, he's gotten older and he's always, oh, you're rich. You're a millionaire. You're rich. So I'm like, dad that i i have I, some accumulated i, I have accumulated have, wealth yes <laughs> i may have a net worth of three million but yeah it's not a, yeah but i don't just, have yeah. it in my wallet i i, I don't <laughs> bathe in dollar bills every night in my right. bathtub but yeah yeah <laughs> That's and i awesome. enjoy them i enjoy yeah. the liquid cash but um mm. but i also want assets working for me yep. so i make sure that i'm comfortable but i yeah i think there's this misconception that oh if you've got assets you can just afford and afford 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 mm -hmm. anything and yeah no you still have to be mindful you still have to be intentional mm -hmm. um and you still have to pick and choose your priorities yeah well and i think you you have it right it's it's assets i mean that's one of the core principles of what we teach is you know you use you use your active income to buy assets that create passive income you know and right. and then you don't think about income i mean I, I don't today to this day i don't even think about income because i just know that there's money that comes into the account every month at the beginning of the month it gets shifted around to different assets so i buy more and then we live on you know kind of whatever's left over and that's it and then treat myself as if i'm on a regular paycheck and i don't even think about it anymore so yeah and it's you know it's so funny i was i was i was we my business partner, and I were driving for lunch the other day. Mm. She said, Oh, you need to get a new car. I said, no, this one's Why? paid off. Um, <laughs> it's working great. She's like, yeah, but you know, I'm like, no, no, no I'm, I'm good. good. Yeah. I, I'm... <laughs> I can drive this for another 10 years. It yeah. still looks good. Yeah. It works. It's, and I'm, it's, it's a know. Lexus. It'll last forever. It's like the cockroach it of will. cars. So... <laughs> it will. <laughs> they will last forever. Yeah. Um, but there was a time where I wanted to have a new car every couple of years. Oh, yeah. They kept giving them to me, mm. but I'm happy. I don't need to drive up in the newest, fanciest nope. car. And my phone doesn't need to be the newest and fanciest. It's working. Mm. I hate that we're such a throwaway society. You know, I've got this air pump and I just need a hose on it. And they're like, just get a new one. 
Yeah, I, I, like, I just need a hose. I just need a hose. <laughs> it's, I don't want to like throw this in the like, junk. It's like a two dollar part. Please, can you help me out here? Oh, we'll just you know spend another thirty dollars. No, I just want the two dollar right. part. <laughs> We're so disposable. Toss, yeah. toss, toss. Yeah. Um, Even our technology. So. That's what makes me laugh. I mean, I I sit back and think. I've in my office. I've probably got twelve laptops that you know generate, and I just don't even know what to do with them. And yeah, it's like okay. Nobody else can really use it. And what do I do with this now? And I've moved on to the next one. Well, you know, it's funny that you, as you were just talking about the computer and I realized that I have this fixation with sunk cost, right? Money I've already spent. So I got to make it last. So I, when I bought my first computer a hundred years ago, uh, when I bought my first computer, it was like 5,000 bucks. Oh yeah. And I was like, this better. And I, I wanted that computer to last me for the next 25 years. Like mm-hmm. I wanted to get every, yeah. every dollar out of it. And, and you know, now I have six, seven computers. That one doesn't work. Get another one. Yeah. And they've become so disposable. <laughs> when, when you realize your $5,000 computer had less computing capacity than a, a flip phone had. Uh, <laughs> right. Exactly. It's like, all right, I can let yeah. it go. But that yeah. was so hard in the sure. beginning. Um, yeah. But I think for a lot of us, we get stuck on this sunk cost. I already put the money in, so mm-hmm. I got to stay the course, even though it's not serving me instead of just knowing when to cut the line and let it go. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's transition to the fast five questions now. All right. All right. You ready? Yeah. All right. First okay. one, you wake up in the morning, you have your business is totally gone. You have a laptop computer, 500 bucks in your pocket a place to live and food, what are you going to do first? I think the first thing I'm going to do is take a deep breath. (laughs) (laughs) Check out my reality. (laughs) Okay. And then I'm going to decide what are, what was the couple of top things that I wanted to do if I didn't have my business? What was Mm -hmm. something I wanted to do? And then I would figure out how to take that 500 bucks and either create a social media campaign or to create a pitch or something to go out and convince people to uh, assist me in my my next venture. I love it. Love it. <laughs> What's the biggest business mistake you've ever made? You know, I think when I, I had a clothing company years ago and I trusted everybody else to do the work, like mm-hmm. the lawyers and everything. And I didn't really like, are you sure? Did this happen? And uh, we were, we had a trademark and the attorney told me everything was a go, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And so I started doing all these things and then found out the trademark hadn't perfected. Oof. And so somebody came in that had something similar, but different enough, but I knew they had a lot of money. Mm. And so they came in and they're like, we're going to sue you. And it was going to cost me a hundred thousand bucks to fight the trademark. Mm. As, and I had to just let it go. Yeah. And because at the time it wasn't successful enough that it was worth going towards, mm-hmm. but the trademark had it been done properly. Had I stayed on top of things and actually stuck to the plan and not really started my business until I knew I had everything secure. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was, that was a really big, uh, it's a big mistake, but I never forgot it. Yep. You <laughs> won't ever do that one again. Will you? <laughs> What's a good book never. that you'd recommend for our audience? Uh, so my favorite book is the power of focus. Okay. Um, and, um, it's a great book for people that like to get things done. Um, Mm. and it just gives you some tools to really hone in on how to be efficient and effective and, and actually, what do I want to do and how do I want to show up? And then how do I execute? Because I think, 
um, and even in my own material, when I talk about this with goals and dreams, I know it's supposed to be fast five, sorry, but <laughs> this, this piece about, um, getting my spending in alignment with what I say mm -hmm. I want. Okay. Um, and then actually, if I say I want to buy a car, then start putting the money in the bank account to mm -hmm. have the money to pay the cash. Yep. Or I want to send somebody to college, start putting the money away instead of like, oh, yeah, one day I wanted. No, actually, actual steps, real time. Mm -hmm. I love that. Absolutely. Power focus. Great book. Power focus. I love this. Um, and I think that's the first time it's ever been recommended. So it's another great one, new one to add to the, the best of list. Uh, yeah. What is a tool that you use in your business every day that you'd recommend? So this will, I guess this is old school. I love Excel. Nice. Um, I love Excel because I can make lists of to do's. I can use it for calculations. Um, I love to make lists and then check everything off. And so I've got lots and I use Excel quite a bit, whether I'm sure. trying to explain stuff to a client, whether I'm just trying to track what movies I got to watch. I, mm -hmm. I just, the, and the other reason, the reason I like Excel versus a lot of these uh, new apps and things, you have to type stuff in. Hmm. And I still believe that, you know, you can talk it, but if you're typing or writing, there's a connection between brain and finger hmm. pencil to mind that you don't get when you just verbally dictate or just have an app track things. Yeah. I like to actually get in and have real, real time. Love it. Love it. Final question. What is your definition of freedom? Freedom. For me, it's being able to do what I want when I want, mm -hmm. meaning I'm not beholden to anybody. Like, yeah, I got to pay my mortgage or this or that, but I, I'm in a place where I get to wake up and decide, is this what I want to do today? Mm -hmm. um, I'm in a position of saying that doesn't work for me, um, especially with my, with my tax practice. I'm in a great position to be able to turn down a lot of business. Mm. People are always like, hey, we can help you get more business. Yeah, I'm turning it yeah. away. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm good. Yeah, that's fine. I don't really need any more. Thank you. I'm, I'm in a good space. So freedom to actually make those choices and do things that actually feel like they serve me. Excellent. Well, Bob, thank you so much for being on. If somebody wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way? Best way is info at themoneynerve.com. Okay. Info at themoneynerve.com. That's got my website to the podcast, to the online course, to the CPA practice, all those good things. Uh, the, the children's financial literacy book series, it's a great way. There's free resources, but we, you know, if people want to learn to, uh, normalize their, their relationship with money, check us out, happy to one-on-one -on -one coach, or just simply listen. Uh, we love to hear from people. Love it. Well, Bob, thank you so much. Uh, just a wonderful interview. And uh, I knew it was going to be when we met a few weeks ago. So thank you for coming on today. Uh, folks, feel free, reach out to Bob. He's a great guy and he's got a great process. So make sure that you're reaching out to him. Uh, let him know that you came from the podcast and, and he'll take extra special care of you here. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Jeff. I so appreciate it. Appreciate it keep an eye out for now the new uh, Freedom Nation YouTube page. Uh, We're actually taking some of our old interviews that we did uh, last year. We're creating a best of series and we're putting all the new shows up there as well. So make sure you go up there. If you are somebody that likes to watch uh, us on camera, I do have a face for radio. So uh, bear with me when you watch on on YouTube. So we'll see you guys here next time. Thanks a lot and have a wonderful day.
Thank you for listening to the Freedom Nation podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and all the major channels. Wherever you're listening, please subscribe to the channel and leave a rating and review. If you have friends and family that could benefit from their own Freedom Day, please share with them. Finally, join Freedom Nation by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 